Hot Local Singles. We're back. Oh, wig. Big week for us. Oh, wig. Hi, Juan. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Hot Local Singles. It's been so long, like two days since you heard our voices. Our beautiful, deep, sultry voices. So in a few minutes, we're going to talk about singles. We're going to talk about the new St. Vincent song, for example. For example. For example. Serpent with Feet, another example. Um, Twin Shadow, Dizzy Faye, and then Doja Cat and Disclosure. They have a remix out. Plus, we'll get back into the um, Danielle Harrell album, as well as Madison Beer. Our final thoughts on those albums. But first, something broke over the weekend, <laughs> didn't it? Yet another Azalea feud. <laughs> yeah. This one was kind of juicy, like... Okay, so we've talked before about how her and her boyfriend, Ryder Rips, creative director Ryder Rips, are constantly fighting, either as a stunt or in real life. I can imagine them being pretty fiery in real life. Yeah, definitely her. I mean, we already know that about her. We certainly know that about her, yeah. So it (laughs) seems like they had a huge blowout. Azealia posted a ton of screenshots of Ryder Rips, um, of their text conversations, (laughs) including a photo of Zara Larson who we discover mm-hmm. in this moment employs Ryder Rips as a creative director, right? Like we had no clue. We have no yeah. idea of this guy's client list. It seems to be vast. I mean, I actually didn't even know he was a creative director for I, like pop stars. I thought he was like a graphic designer. Yeah, he's so secretive. Yeah. Um, there was rumors of him working for the CIA at one point. Oh, yeah. Well, he sort of, what do you call it when you're like heightening a flame or like... Fanning the flames? Fanning, yeah, yeah. Of those rumors, he is essentially admit, uh, fakely admitted that he had redesigned the CIA logo. And yeah. It was, all a, it was all a stunt. Yeah, we don't think that was real, but something about it's unsure. Like, mm-hmm. well, I kind of don't know. Anyways, though, Azealia Banks leaked a text where he sent a picture to Azealia of Zara Larson, his client, with the caption, Zara Armson. And the photo is of Zara with her arm up. And I guess she has like thicker arms than one might expect. Relatively thick, yeah. I mean, I guess so. I think you're not thicker than your average woman. Not really. Thicker than your average pop star. I mean, not even. I feel like pop stars nowadays are not really that skinny. Like when I think about Doja Cat is pretty thick. Who else is out there? It takes me back to like um I remember Hilary Duff always had like bigger arms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was a huge fan of Hillary Duff, what can I say? I noticed everything, but obviously <laughs> Zara Larson caught on, saw this story and screenshotted it and said, not Azealia Banks sharing a convo with my creative director writer, making fun of my arms like I don't pay his bills. Very girl boss. I mean, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. <laughs> very stupid of, uh, I mean, I, we think, we hypothesize that Azalea did it on purpose because it came with a string of several, like, stories where she was shitting on Ryder. Yeah. Like, I guess Ryder kept sending pictures to Azalea of Zara's arms in photos, which yeah. is just like, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. It's not funny to me at all. Yeah. Like, at some point he says something like, she should just get really fat for the like something about like i think he's just like for the middle middle eastern market or something she, he's oh, like you yeah. should just give up on being a hot bitch and just like get really fat which is like <laughs> such a like an see like he says that but that's such an azalea thought like who says that azalea pink says that you know just be a fat bitch kind of they're like rubbing off on each other obviously yeah exactly mm. so the czar says it's not even about this specific convo it's just tiring to always see women's bodies be this funny topic. Yeah, my arms are genetically bigger. Um, <laughs> that's just what my body type is. And honestly, okay, now we're laughing, but it's not funny. <laughs> yes, my bones are genetically thicker. <laughs> that's just what my body type is like. And honestly, it's starting to get to me because people are constantly pointing it out. Like it's a bad thing, even though I literally can't change it. See, that's sad. It's always sad to find out about someone's like yeah, it's pretty sad. Achilles heel or whatever, you know? Like the thing they always yeah, notice yeah. in photos or whatever. It's sad. 
Uh, yeah, like I'm sure she, I'm sure she knows already that what her arms look like. So having this, she clearly knows. Yeah, but I see these comments literally every day, and I know, and I never know what to say or if I sh- should say anything at all. Just know I'm way healthier now than I've been for a long time. I actually have three meals a day. I'm not constantly cold. I have energy, and I love the way my ass is getting fat. <laughs> thank you, Laura. Thank you, I, Zara. Thank you, Zara. I don't even have three meals a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is a nutritionist, clearly. So she's like, who knows any good creative directors? She fired Ryder Rips. And did she say that really? Yeah, she did. And now Azealia Banks doesn't have Ryder, and Ryder doesn't have Zara, and the circle of life is complete. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to normal. They all got their headline. The Azealia Banks hype machine continues to go burr. <laughs> no, literally. Like Zara Zara got her first headline in probably years at this point. Right. Because she did have an EP just out and I listened yeah. to it and I didn't pitch it for the show because you know, I mean it's cute, but she is doing kind of like a clean bandit type orchestral European right. pop thing. It's a little too Eurovision for how local singles. <laughs> and even a bit just to Land like there's some yeah. Eurovision songs that are like a bit more like in your face. I'll, I listened to it pretty quickly after this story. This story broke <laughs> after this happened, and I was like, okay, this is like pretty planned. I watched the performance of hers, and she was singing the hell out of that. Oh yeah, <laughs> she was trying to pay her rent for sure. <sighs> and I just thought, and and I thought that the creative direction of that was so ugly, like. That's what I was, that's why I was shocked. I'm not shocked, but I'm like, who's employing writer rips to be their creative director? This looks like shit. It was just like monochromatic pink, pink lighting, like literally like so generic looking to me. Like the creative director look, Hugh bulbs. Exactly. Yeah. Literally that. And I was like, you're literally like, no. And it just makes me realize that these people are just like trolls. Essentially. Like they're not really like, yeah, exactly. Like they're not even really talented at anything. And by these people, I mean, writer rips, like. He's really not that talented as an artist or anything like that. I guess maybe not, yeah. He's just white. But he's been really good at, yeah, and he's probably well-connected. For sure. He has rich parents. And he's been good at playing the um, playing the game of celebrity and media, obviously. I mean, this whole Azalea Banks thing has I been... I used to really think he was cool. But that video he did with Azalea Banks recently was like mm-hmm. a mess. I mean, it looked fine, I think but you... why for the remix, you know? Like for a random remix? Yeah. Stupid. I think he might have been cool, like, yeah, like maybe a few years ago when his art was like somewhat interesting and post-net art was somehow, we were less tired of it. But now I don't think he's done anything since like the Diz Magazine days. Yeah. Like Diz Magazine was cool in those days. That, really cool, that shit, yeah. That shit was like really like, whoa. But like, what has he done since Data Zillia Banks? Literally, like, I forgot he existed Yeah. prior to the CIA shit. That's the thing, like... Azealia Banks is so mean, but <laughs> everyone benefits in the public eye every time. I mean, at the end of the day, Zara comes out as the victim. I mean, this is a great press story for Zara. I'm sure it was really hurtful to see that, but she's coming out on top from this. Literally, like, it's a perfect storyline for her. What if it was all... Like, I like her more now, even. Now, now I'm going, like, tinfoil conspiracy theories, but what if they did this all on purpose? No, Zara wouldn't have been down for that. Zara wouldn't have let them do that. It is genius, honestly. Holy shit, wait. He, yeah, because he is his creative, creative director. director. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's he's directing this oh whole stunt. Oh my god. <laughs> Why did he just crack that open? It actually took me like a full three hours to let that settle in my brain just then. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm being too... I don't think it's true. I don't think, I don't think they're that. I love that take. I love the idea of <laughs> Ryder Rose being good at his job. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I'm giving him too much credit. Yeah, I I was just thinking, like, like when I watched the performance, I was like, there's so many gays out there who do a better job. They just don't hire a straight man to do pop star creative Mm. direction. I don't think is the way to go. Right. Or whatever. That's that on that. I would say. Yeah. We have more songs to go through on this episode. In case you haven't noticed, we're like recording from the future right now. This intro, Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, we have more from our episode. So we're going to talk St. Vincent next. Pay your pain. O- no, pay your way in pain. Pay your way in pain. Okay, catchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of dissonant on purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Giving me peaches a little bit. Amanda Palmer, yeah. what do you think? 
very that, very like in your face avant-garde, like trying really hard to be like yeah. difficult to listen to, you know? Kind of like lurching production. Mm-hmm. It's like constantly smacking you in the face mm-hmm. and coming to a stop and then starting again. And not in a good way. I mean, I hear the soul in there somewhere, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dramatic. It's pretty buried in like shrieks and I'm snapping builds and um, it's pretty deranged. Yeah, it's pretty demented, but whatever. Yeah, I'm actually not a St. Vincent stan, but I am. I don't know. Oh, really? I'm not a stan in the sense of like buying her albums. But I did love that album where she's sitting on like a tr- throne and has death in reverse and rattlesnake in it. What's mm-hmm. it called? Anyway, the one before Jenk Antonov produced Mass Seduction. Mass Seduction is okay, not my favorite. Yeah, before he jacked The her one off. before that I really love. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> not jacked her off. Jack Asimov <laughs> is the pandemic. The real pandemic, the real virus. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this song there was a lot of discourse surrounding it in the timeline when it came out a couple of weeks ago and a lot of what i saw and i think i think what i saw was from nick from thought topics we collab with them go listen to that episode was that it was a bit too conceptual like a bit too trying too hard for this angle of like conceptual rock and roll like Mm. too much like yeah, too much trying to be like highbrow, experimental. Oh, look at me. I'm like a serious musician. And then that letting go of the quality of the music. Mm-hmm. I see it a bit. But I, what I also see is a bit of a pop era mentality to it. Like this like idea of like reinventing herself. Mm-hmm. It's so pop to me. Very Madonna. Because this single com- comes with like a complete reinvention of her. We forgot to mention like a complete reinvention of her like persona. St. Vincent has always been like brunette, like, I don't know, like rock and roll chick. And now she's more like disco with like a blonde bob kind of vibe. I didn't see that. Yeah. It's essential knowledge, honestly. That's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. For this song. This song is very brunette to me. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) New binary. Yeah, I was going to say new binary brunette. brunette, every song. (laughs) Every song is one of those hair colors, <laughs> by the way. Uh, gingers are logging off as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, I think, I do agree with what Nick and the general public says that I do think it's a bit too, trying too hard to be like conceptual and blah, 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 blah. I do, however, will defend the sound of it. I think the production gets really interesting when she stops singing (laughs) like the last like 30 seconds of the song the outro the guitars i think are fucking great it reminds me of like 70s brian eno like glam rock crowd rock kind of vibes which i maybe i'm being too generous but i think she's she's going there there's potential for it but i do think that overall it's a bad song and when someone tries so hard to be high art but Mm. fail it's local to me it is local, isn't it? Yeah, I feel you on that. Mm. It's doing a lot, but it's not saying much, is what I'm getting from I it. I think that's tea, yeah. Well, let's move on. We're in the kind of like indie section. Oh, yeah. We forgot to tell the... We forgot to tell them. They caught on, don't worry. <laughs> the brunette <laughs> section of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we have Twin Shadow next. Twin Shadow? I added this song to the list. Have you ever listened to Twin Shadow? No. Tell us the song name. Oh, sorry. The name of the song is Johnny and Johnny. Johnny and Johnny, yeah. Different spellings. Oh, Joshy and Juani. Joshy and Juani. <laughs> J and J. Joshson and Juanson vaccine. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I didn't mind the song. It's actually pretty good, I thought. Yeah, it. I wrote down The Clash. What? Like the band? Like the, the band, band, yeah. So that's like punk. It is, yeah. Okay. I feel like vocally, that's where I heard that most of all. Oh, weird. But otherwise, it's sort of like, um, not Phoenix, but like indie rock. It really is. It yeah. just, just sounds like indie rock otherwise. Yeah. It sounds like two, so 2010. Yeah. So this song, I was saying, sounds like Vampire Weekend to me. It sounds okay. so Vampire Weekend. It sounds okay, okay. so, there's this band that I was into for a minute in the 2000s called John Wizards. 
And it's like rock with vaguely world music, sort of like pan-African mm-hmm. references. You know what I mean? Like Waka Waka put into like <laughs> a blender. indie rock. <laughs> yeah. Put in a blender. Waka Waka put in a blender. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Waka Waka, but like turned into like indie seriousness. Waka Waka turned brunette, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything. On paper, listener, I know this sounds atrocious when I say the, those words together, but the song is really well produced, I found. Like, the instrumentation, I found it to be so listenable. Like, I will be playing this song at my at like my trouble, at my graphic design firm. Yes, you love that. You love your firm. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's just, like, harmless, perfect for the background, and then a girly with, like, a hand tattoo. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, tattoo in the middle of the finger is going to come up to me. She has, like, <laughs> hoops and, like, slicked back hair all black and she's gonna say oh what is this track we're gonna go on a date we're gonna yeah. have april spritz <laughs> <laughs> sounds hot uh, but the reason i added it is because i wanted to say a bit of justice for twin shadow because mm. twin shadow i listened to back in 2013 or whatever 12 and the music he made then i'm thinking like five seconds or run my heart is what the weekend did last year like literally sounds so similar like what kind of like electro like 80s electro okay. yeah and i'm like bitch give him his coin this yeah. poor guy's probably not very rich i don't think he never really took off twin shadow i remember him a little bit from like hype machine days yeah exactly. just a little bit like yeah he was always sort of on the outskirts of fame yeah he never really made it he dated lenny kravitz's daughter by the way. no way zoe mm-hmm. zoe the kravitz that's pretty hot <laughs> hot babies honestly Okay, Twin Shadow, come on, hot local singles. We just want to talk. <laughs> Shadow. Um, I think this is, uh, it's local, it's Twin Shadow. This is so 10 years ago that I can't say it's hot. You know what's really funny? If you go far enough down his Spotify page, it's all like poolside compilations from like 2012 and 2013 <laughs> oh, with like no, hot chicks God. on the cover, oh, like no. full bod out. <laughs> so he got remixed, needless to say. Uh. Waka Waka, put it in a blender. <laughs> local. Local. We've, had, we've been scathing. Only one song so far, Smurfs, has been hot. That's true. Damn, well, it's not our fault. Like, release better music. No, it's not. We don't hate local songs. We just... No, no, no. Let's be clear on that. We just know what they are and who they're mm-hmm. for and their purpose. We love them for that. Yeah. That's what that is. So, next song... We're winding down here on the pod. I say that, but like, we're probably, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have a song called Same Size Shoes Mm -hmm. by Serpent with Feet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who seems to be gay because he's clearly in his boyfriend era on this song. Mm -hmm. Literally. And the the music video is also a lot of gay. So trigger warning, homosexuality. (laughs) (laughs) Some gay content. (laughs) man-on-man action in his music video. And in the cover art and in everything, yeah, he's pushing that. Mm -hmm. He's uh, selling that, I would even argue. I mean, that's kind of the message of the song, too. So the name of the song is Same Size Shoe. And originally, as a Latino, white Latino dude, I immediately thought, oh, it's about how when you... <laughs> and cock in my mouth. No, I was like, oh, like when you date a man, you can share clothes. And if you happen to share us, a, a say shoe size, then you can probably share the shoes, right? Very literal interpretation of the song. Then I read that it's actually about how he only likes to date black men uh. because they specifically have walked in his shoes. They have experienced mm-hmm. anti-black racism. Mm-hmm. Um, so the song is about how he likes to date, or I guess his boyfriend right now is a black man and that allows him to trust him because he knows that he has experienced the same set of things that he has. Mm. I got into the song not for the message though. I think the production is really cool. Like the sound of it is really cool. It's a nice song. Um, yeah, very realist, earnest R&B, kind of minimal. Very minimal, yeah. There's a moment in the song that I would like to bring up with you, though, that I cringed at, and I'm guessing if you've heard it, you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of cringe. At the end, to kind of like create a swell, kind of a moment is the goal. What he does is use his mouth to make trumpet sounds, (laughs) is what happens. Is what happens, unfortunately. I think, like, I added this song because I like the lush production and stuff, but 
That's so cringe, and the whole thing feels too corny sometimes. Even yeah, it does. Right? I agree. I'm glad you said it though. Even as someone who is in a relationship, I find it to be way too corny. Like I don't know. Like there's a way you write a love song where it isn't so <laughs> like in your face. I think there's a huge market in um, having a boyfriend online. Like, <laughs> visibly having a boyfriend pays the bills, you know. <laughs> So I don't really blame him for that. I listened to Fellowship. Did you like Fellowship? That's the other single from his upcoming album. Fellowship has more rhythm. I was into it. Yeah, I liked it, but not as much as this one. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I guess the pod is divided on that. The pod is divided. And divided we shall stand. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's... It's corny. I also added Turpin with Feed because he's like a fixture of like music of the music scene, and we've never yeah. discussed his music on on pod. Totally right. I think mostly because he released before we started the pod. Like his last album is from twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Holocaust Singles was birthed mid twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. I often think about how um, we had like what six months of podcast before our pandemic. Like we've yeah. been doing it no. for months and months more. and months. Maybe like eight months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. like June to March type of thing. We were also like kind of recorded at erratic times. Yeah, just yeah. Just whenever we felt like it. Yeah. Like the podcast didn't exist before. In some ways, the podcast wasn't real until COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Just interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of people that um hopefully we'll be able to talk about once they start releasing stuff. Because yeah, it's all cycles, yeah. you know. But yeah, Serpent with Feet, come on Holocaust Singles. We just want to talk about it. <laughs> with your boyfriend. <laughs> Do you find that you could only date half white, half Persian men? Well, I mean, I haven't dated that ever. Like, that's not <laughs> an extremely common type. Like, there's no tribe on Grinder for that. But um, you should start an app. I should start an app for half Iranian guys. <sighs> no, I mean, I've only dated white guys and we got along fine. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm about to tell you <laughs> I mean same I'm pretty sure actually yeah me too I would I would date anyone and I'm not just saying that um, I, I honestly I, I find I've been having trouble attracting the attention of white guys on apps recently I don't think Very I thrive in that space on apps depends sometimes but you know mm-hmm. I'm othered in some ways I don't think I've actually dated, like fully dated, or even hooked up with anyone that is Latino. Okay, that's racial. Not that, <laughs> yeah, that's racist. There's not that many of us in Canada. Right. It's not like the U.S. where no. everyone speaks Spanish. There's no Selena Gomez here. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> if anything, I'm the Selena Gomez of Canada. But oh, you should start podcasting. <laughs> I should start podcasting in Spanish. Selena Gomez of Canada. <laughs> Yeah, you, we need to do like a, an offshoot on YouTube. Like, what's Holocaust Singles in Spanish? Um, it's it's hard because the singles pun doesn't work. Oh, bummer. Like, Cancion is a song, but it's sing- like, no, it doesn't. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the point of that being is that, oh, yeah, Serpent with Feed, the message was about same, same race dating. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, a beautiful message. Yeah, I... Uh, I don't know. I think it's a bit, I find that a bit controversial. What do you mean? I mean, I shouldn't speak on this, but it's probably a bit segregationist. Oh, come on. To be that you can only experience, like you can only understand the experience of someone who's like the exact same identity <laughs> as you. That's well, a bit like it seems, it seems theory more taken specific to the than that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I shouldn't specific. speak on this. Yeah, yeah. My experience is that I don't think, I think a human being who doesn't, walk in my same shoes could understand me and I could have a fulfilling relationship with that person. Yeah. But um, it's a different experience. For it's me. different. It's totally different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you like moved a lot as a kid. I feel like there's more, you have like more entry points or something. I don't yeah. really know what I'm saying, but it does bring me back to a story I've told before where I did therapy for like eight weeks and my therapist <laughs> didn't know what I meant by white passing. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this isn't going to work. Like, I can only explain so much to you, Laura. Yeah, this is not a class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Laura. Don't dox Laura. No, that's not her name, but I do forget it. She uh, was brunette, though, on the binary. <laughs> <laughs> so not a dumb blonde. We had a whole blonde episode. We should do a... Bimbo episode? Yeah, well, okay. True. We should do a brunette episode. 
What do you think this next song is? It's 360 Baby by Dizzy Faye. She's so fucking cool, but blonde or brunette? That's the question. Ooh. The energy is so fun that I want to say blonde, like blondes have fun. Yeah. But the production is so left field that I want to say brunette. I know. What do we do with the thing <laughs> like that? Ginge? Dirty blonde. Yeah, ginger. Dirty blonde. <laughs> so we fucking love Dizzy Faye. The song 360 Baby, I... Like, I can't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. She has, like, the sweetness in her voice of, like, the sweetest FKA Twigs mm-hmm. vocals. Like when she, when FKA Twigs actually sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when she does, like, <laughs> the sweet kind of almost baby voice. Mm-hmm. But then it's just this, like, boppacious, like, heavy-hitting beat. Really good. With, like, autotune mixed in, too, but, like, really well-done autotune, like, beautiful... Anyways, it's the same guy who produced um, Caffeine by Zozo Lue, which I think we've reviewed ages ago ages on this podcast. Ages ago. Stelios? Stelios? Stelios, yeah. But when I was, it's like, the, Caffeine is a song that really stuck with me, actually. Like, mm. I remember when we re- reviewed it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's really good. But then I kept coming back to it. It's like just really well, like really well-produced music. And when I saw this, I was like, okay, this guy is like actually really talented because these two songs are like, they're kind of unassuming, right? They're not like huge hits, but they're really good. Yeah, Caffeine, Lolo Zue. That was a really mm-hmm. good song. I've listened to it a few times too. You know what else? On, on kind of a similar note, I've been listening to a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Terror Jr., Sugar. I don't know that song. Oh, really aged like fucking wine. Okay. Really did. There's a part at the end where like the pitch shifts and it's like a deep voice. And that to me is dated and very of a time. But the rest of it just sounds amazing. Amazing. In ways that songs like, do you remember Kiara? K-I-I-A-R-A. She had a song called Gold. Gold Mm. Up In My Teeth. That shit sounds old. Like, that Mm. is dated. But some Tara Jr. songs just sound so good right now. Listener, give them a try. Yeah, go listen. After you finish this episode. Yeah. Don't move, listener. Stay right there. But, yeah. So, um, yeah, we should get back on topic, right? At some point? Right. (laughs) (laughs) 360 baby right. hot i'm going with uh, hot yeah i'm going with hot too. and ultimately blonde i think the energy supersedes yeah it's blonde thank you dizzy i'll be paying attention to you i'm sorry i didn't hear your mixtapes in the past uh-huh. i will correct that going forward <laughs> we are listening and we're learning yeah yeah we're <laughs> <are> so stupid <laughs> okay this is our last single coming up mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. an interesting case mm-hmm. almost a study on the economics of tiktok singles okay you might remember the song streets from hot pink by doja cat i recall i don't remember hearing that song but i know it because it's one of the biggest songs on tiktok and has been for months mm-hmm. at this point and just now disclosure have put out a remix um i'm guessing to boost it in the uk which is frankly genius and probably just do boosted in general, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I just think the original song is so like dark that it is kind of like very American sounding, you know? I can imagine it not crossing over super, super well outside of the like the TikTok moment, which is when it drops at the very beginning. It's basically the very an intro. beginning, right? Yeah. 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 It's sort of like my dark side is like the motif of mm-hmm. the TikToks that I that use it. Like the original song, the clip that is used in the TikTok, the first like five seconds don't really sound at all like the rest of the song. That's true. It's like a sample of some old timey yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. it drops into this like kind of slow. Yeah, slow. Rap beat. Like very hip hop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's funny though because I mean, she's rapping probably double time. Mm-hmm. So it's like I never thought of it as catchy. Like I didn't, it's like kind of off putting to me. But all you have to do is switch up that production and suddenly it's like, oh, there's hooks all over the damn place in this song it's like a bopacious moment a bopacious moment suddenly it's fully dr luke Mm -hmm. you're like oh shit yeah this is a pop song when disclosure Mm -hmm. get their hands on it so i think it's interesting i think it's one of the best doja songs in a minute honestly the the, the remix is really good Mm -hmm. i i I actually listened to streets yesterday and i was like at first i was like whatever but then i liked it i liked it i think it's such a it's a really interesting song yeah i think Hot Pink has slowly proven to be like a defining album of our era. Like crazy yeah. how like I think it literally came out and didn't make much noise. You're right. Necessarily, but now it's like 
we've been dealing with <laughs> dealing with hot pink. <laughs> we've been dealing with hot pink for like two years now. Yeah. There's no sight of a vaccine coming anytime soon. Period. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I always preferred Hamala, but obviously TikTok didn't agree. No. Gen Z was like old. <laughs> Gen Z was like boomer. <laughs> Okay, boomer. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. It's, I mean, I wonder how much of it is like label push, like how like why streets in particular. And I think, I think the TikTok was the trend with like the red silhouette thing, right? I'm I sound so old. Oh my I God. don't even know. I mean, there were probably yeah. more than one, but yeah, I think it's like there was like a challenge on TikTok going on where you like were naked and there was like a red silhouette, hmm. and the sound that was being used was like this, and then. But it's like, yeah, why streets? Like, it just seems to me like any other song could have worked. Like, I don't think there's anything about the song. Maybe the sultriness of it. Yeah, no, it makes sense to me because we were talking about, maybe it was on Patreon, but we were talking about how all you need for a TikTok kind of soundtrack is an expressive, almost feeling. I mean, they're not even using the lyrics in most of the TikToks that I've seen with it. Like, it's just that first intro and then the drop, which is like the switch Mm -hmm. moment in the TikTok, right? That's and it. like that's, that's really yeah. what that's really what like makes a TikTok song that works. It's a contrast, a drop. Yeah, that's really what TikTok's about—a drop. Because ultimately. A, a drop or a contrast gives it some sort of like a narrative, right? Yes. Like you can do something like you can make a cut there, and like you can make a cut. There. You can change the filter. Yeah, riveting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> cinema, cinema found that it was killed by TikTok teens. <laughs> <laughs> But the song, yeah, I think this this remix is really, really cool. I really liked it. At first, I was a bit hesitant about it. I was like, oh, do we need to talk about this shit? <laughs> and I liked it. And I really like, um, I think it's like, it's a Bopatious moment. And a I can see moment? this. Bopatious again. Bopatious, yeah. Technical term, Bopatious. Yeah, I think we got tired of Doja around the time of Say So being a hit for like a whole summer. But now, like, we just kind of respect her for her flow and like always kind of bringing some energy to whatever remix mm-hmm. she's on. Because she really does do that. I've been like this roller coaster with Doja. I first I remember with I forget what song. I was annoyed that she was so reliant on t- oh with Moo so reliant on like memes and TikTok and shit like that. Mm. But then yes, I when remember. Hot Pink came out, I remember we talked about about Hot Pink. I was like, oh, this is actually really good. I'm on Doja's team. Then it was like saturation. Like literally, she performed Say So what a thousand times. Yeah, literally. <laughs> But now I'm again Tim Doja just because I think she's actually like, out of all the rap girls out there, she's Nikki's daughter. She's actually the one that has like the most virtuosic skill at rapping. She's actually really fucking good. Every time she, what do you say? Every time she comes on a song, she brings like a thousand flows, like really good moments. I was listening to Pussy Talk by City Girls. Mm. And she's on that. And then she comes on and transforms the song. Like the song is really good. That's is without her. But then she comes on it and it's like sends you to like a whole different flow. And then you can come back to the original song. And it's like, okay, this is so fun. I don't know. Whatever. I'm like Team Doja again. I think she's like actually mus- musically really fucking talented. Yeah. I kind of agree. Yeah. Thank you, Doja. Uh I'll give it I'll give it Come on the pod. Yeah, I'll give it on. Uh, it's gotta be local, doesn't it? But it's hard. I think it doesn't like it's got to be local because it's Doja Cat and, and Disclosure and the TikTok song, right? Period. Okay, that's our singles. We need to do a couple more albums before we let you go. <laughs> so let's start with Harlcore. We've talked about Harlcore before on Patreon, but we wanted more time and we gave it to ourselves. So Juan Harlcore. Mm. So I was saying on Patreon back in the day, that I mm. really enjoyed a lot of the songs on Harlecore, especially the MC Boing ones. Me too. But I was wondering if he could have pushed the concept of different, mm. of like three distinct characters further. Mm. Like mm. in particular, there's a song called Car Song that I love by MC Boing. And at mm. the end, it is kind of revealed that it's actually Danny himself voicing MC MC Boy, oh, right? Like it to me, it sounds like a Denny for sure. But it kind of like the song kind of ends abruptly, and he's kind of like struggling to finish it. You know, like that mm. that happens in the song as almost a skit, but probably just like a real moment. And I'm like, why doesn't every character on this album have an interlude? 
Like I kind yeah. of want like a like a like I want like voice acting almost. Like I want like more narrative or like more transitions mm-hmm. because I find it really I find it it gave me whiplash a bit, especially the DJ Ocean songs mm-hmm. are nice, but I'm like maybe it needed to be four EPs. Yeah. I don't know. Like only the DJ Ocean ones are like really, really out of place. But I'm wondering if the concept could have been pushed in a more complete way if they were separated. I think I agree. I like the DJ Danny ones. Like on a mountain to me is kind of a classic. Almost, I would even say like it just sounds really fucking good. It's really good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just I'm looking at Spotify right now. It's a 37 minute project in which he's cramming four different characters, all of which have wildly different sounds, right? Like DJ Ocean and then a Dan, DJ Danny. Like, that's a completely, like, different genres. Not to mention DJ Mayhem, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the DJ Mayhem ones are insane, too. Those are, like, Gabber hardcore. First of all, I'm going to stop you there, because I find DJ Danny and DJ Mayhem actually blend together in the second half. Like, All Night yeah. by DJ Mayhem could be DJ Danny. They're both like high high energy for sure, but one of them, one of them is like mask. The other one is like fun. <laughs> DJ Danny's so. a girl. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's some blurriness there. Oh and no, again, for sure. It's like vision. They work know? together, yeah. Yeah. But it, I was like to what you were saying is like, this is such a high concept release. Like the whole point of it is that it's supposed to be Danny playing four different roles with four different musical sensibilities and even yeah. the cover is like four colors like it's so that it's so like comic even like i don't know like comic book i mean so like yeah superhero vibes in the sense that it's just like four like avatar like four like elements or whatever that i find that then that the output the result of that is a 30 minutes of a project where dj ocean gets two songs mm. one of which is like one minute long or something? I don't know. Maybe not. No, never mind. I'm thinking another song. No, the MC Boeing ones are really short. If anything, MC Boeing got the short end of the stick. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think this project would have been more, like the whole concept would have made more sense, have been more interesting if like each one had gotten at least four songs. Mm. You know, and it's doable. It's the streaming era. No one cares if you have like a 22 song album. In fact, people would embrace that. You get more streams. Yeah, we know he has the back catalog too. Yeah, because this is also his debut project, mm-hmm. right? Like his debut album, yeah. yeah. Could have put that fucking Carly Ray Jepsen version of Happy All the Time. Mm-hmm. I think if he had just committed a bit more to the concept, it would have been really cool. Like, it's like a really cool concept. I mean, the music's really good, though. What we did get is really good. That's the thing. Like when I'm listening to the songs I love, I don't care about anything we just said. Not exactly, totally, yeah. Like mainly my issue is sequencing of the album, like the order is like mm-hmm. really an issue, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I hate the first song. It's by DJ Danny. It's Where Are You Now? It's too local. Like, to me, there's like right. no wink in that song at all. Right. And it like it, it's like a little scary, honestly. Not in terms of sound, <laughs> but in terms of like, oh, this is a mad decent album, you know? Right. Not mad decent. <laughs> and so you dragged them. I think it should have started with song two, Boing Beat. It's such an obvious entry point to yeah. me, but... Oh, literally with like... Because Boing Beat starts with like, whoop, like, a, like a bouncy sound effect. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then like you get interlocked, which is good. I love the melody, but the drop is a bit much for me, as I said before. Interlocked is like actually scary, like literally scary. <laughs> like audibly scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the vocals are fucking great. And then you go from that into Ocean's theme, which is nothing, you know? It's like there's yeah. no BPM. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just chill. At first I thought you said BBM. Throwback? Okay, yeah. epic. Um, <laughs> not epic. Please, not epic, I'm begging. Please, not epic. <laughs> but my favorite songs are by a kind of familiar songwriter slash vocalist of PC Music named Ilar. Ilar. She is, in fact... Dutch and Iranian, so I could date her and feel you could date her totally uh, in your same shoe, the same high heels, the same shoes. Yeah, <laughs> um, so she's great. I really like her. I think she wrote other ones too, but only two songs kept her vocals. And Danielle Harrell has done that before. He's like kind of prone to swapping out vocals last minute, which True. drives me insane. But anyways, the songs are "Take My Heart Away," which I cannot get enough of. I love "Take My Heart Away." 
and I believe Shining Stars is also Ilar. That's a DJ Mayhem thing. And wow, just so fun. Like her voice is just, it really like boosts. It takes it to like a euphoric level for me. GG. I'm listening to it right now, yeah. Really good shit. And I still love the MC Boing songs and I could do a whole album of that. But I wonder if the sparseness of them really enhances them too. Yeah, maybe that's, yeah. As because contrast. they're like lack, yeah. That always happens. That's like my favorite Azalea song, even though she hates it, is the one, what's it called? Paradiso, I think, on... Oh, I love that. It's yes. like a one minute and a half song with it's like, like an like interlude, a yeah. Brenda Fassi uh, uh, sample. Yeah, sometimes when something's short and you wish it had more, you, that's why you like it so much. Totally. And essentially yeah. our issue with this album is that we want more. Yeah. It's a great album, but I think the concept is it, it's such a interesting concept that I just wish he had done a bit more for it. But yeah. It's great. It could have been interesting, but ultimately it just, um, it didn't have to be so segregated, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like it didn't have to be anything really. It could have just been an album. Exactly. Yeah. If it was going to end up being a 13 track album. Yeah. Just no need for, yeah, no need for personas or anything. No need for the gimmick. What do we think mm-hmm. about the last song on the album, Tiamo? Money grab or legitimate endeavor? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think Danny's exploring his Latino heritage, of course. His Mexican Daniel. heritage. <laughs> Daniel Arl. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a throwback to the first half of this episode in which we talked about Selena Gomez. <laughs> Selena Moneybags Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Tiamo. Honestly, the second half of the album really blooms for me. It's really exciting. It's all new songs, too, which helps, but. Bloom my choice, Yvonne. Yeah, my bloom. Sorry, sorry, I'm loose. I'm loosening it a bit. Oh my god, we've been recording for over two hours, which has never happened before, listener. This is a first. Yeah, why is this taking so long? Literally <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> What's happening? That feeling when you pick the most discursive songs in all of history. <laughs> which leads us to Madison Beer. Okay. Okay. No, I'll be. I'll keep it brief. I'll keep it really brief because everything. Listener, if you subscribe to the Patreon, you already heard our first impressions on both Denny and Madison. And yeah. I think with Madison, both Joshy and I haven't really changed our minds. I right. definitely haven't. Which is? I've had more time to sit with the album. I think that it's an album that is good, that it's being underrated by like music critics because they're not able to deal with teenage girl music very well. They think that because if it's not written like it's a fucking Bob Dylan song with a thousand metaphors, then right. it's like bad poorly for no it's just a girl writing about heartbreak and the way that girls write about heartbreak yeah don't be fucking don't be a fucking asshole don't be an asshole i love that take i think ultimately and i'll i'll say this i think it's a really interesting project for a debut pop girl i think that if this was in like an indie landscape i would admit i would like allow people to drag it because it is it flops at times and like i said it needs a bit it needs a few more hits too many ballads that sort of are like middle of the road. But when this album does things well, it does it, I think, amazingly. Mm-hmm. Like shit like Follow the White Rabbit. There's this other song that I love called like uh, Everything Happens for a Reason. Again, the title is so like basic, but it's a really cute like guitar moment song. Mm-hmm. Stained Glass, Baby, Selfish. These are songs that actually are really fucking interesting that I think no one in pop is doing anything like this. It's not groundbreaking, but I don't think anyone's doing like ballads like this right now. Mm-hmm. It's very like... It's the very Lana Del Rey, as everyone has already made the comparison. So yeah, I think that, if anything, it makes me excited for what Madison Beer is going to be doing, but I don't necessarily think it's the best album out there. But yeah, I don't know what else to say. I haven't been listening to it since, honestly. I gave it like a once-over or maybe a twice-over for our last episode about it. I don't remember a word. I think it's hard to listen. I think that's the main issue with the album. It's hard to listen like mm. all in once, which is why I'm saying it needs more hits. Singles because artists, perhaps, hit, for now. If you if you hit play on this shit, it becomes like, this is too much. There's yeah. too many songs, 17 songs. They're not very distinct from one another. But then the ones that if you listen to them in isolation, they're really fucking good. They're like really interestingly produced pop music. If you take it as pop, it's like, oh, this girl is like doing like really, like her references are really cool, right. I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. But we need we need more Madison. We need to know what Madison is. We know yeah. what her references are. We know what she loves. Now we need to know more about who she really is. But it's exciting for like a 22-year-old girl, not girl, but woman. I think this is so fucking cool. Yeah, that's called a career she's right there. Wow. Yeah. It's got it going on. 
Have you been seeing her all over the city like me on every poster with that like clingy no. kind of um it's almost like she's bursting out of the dress. Do you know the do you know the look I'm talking about? No, I don't think so. Bursting out of the dress sounds a lot like what I look like on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> the dress? <laughs> the dress, yeah. And by dress I mean every t shirt that I bought pre COVID. Oh, it's um I think she's wearing the same look in the cover. Oh, that one, yeah. Which admittedly like is hard to see <clears throat> on Spotify, but yeah, she's wearing this kind of like clingy thing mm-hmm. and it's barely held together. It's like pinned together in various parts, it seems. But the yeah. posters all over Toronto, at least, are no way, really? fucking oh. juicy. Like, yeah. What? She's like, I mean, it's nude, basically. Yeah, it's pretty hot. That's the thing about living in Montreal. It's like not it's very provincial. We don't have that kind of vibe. Oh, really? You don't you don't get like paper paste um, posters or whatever? No, we don't have like we. I don't think I've ever seen like a poster advertising what? any music. Or oh like my god! TV shows. Well, like definitely for like Quebecois TV shows, there's definitely like <laughs> ads out there. But like for like a Madison Beer album, hell no. Oh, we get a lot of those right now. The um, posters on like construction sites type vibe on like mm-hmm. walls like that are Madison Beer, and then the new White Claw flavors. <laughs> true, true. Coming true. April first. <laughs> you know exactly that. Raspberry, and then furthermore, watermelon are the new ones. Raspberry, I would try, by the way. If Raspberry White Club were listening to Selfish by Madison Beer, sign me up. I mean, that's it. That's summer. I mean, <laughs> literally, yeah. That's brunette. I mean, that's the vibe. That's literally brunette. This album is so brunette. It's so Well, she's brunette, brunette yeah. She is brunette, yeah. It's local. Yeah, oh, it's so local. Well, it's, that's okay. Yeah, I love, like, a representation of a hot brunette because the media really makes brunettes out to be the ugly, the ugly girls. The ugly like, Bettys. You know, we're not. We're not. Right. We're also hot. And Madison Beer is a representation of hot brunettes. Finally. Finally. Mm-hmm. Finally, a girl gets, a white girl gets representation in the media. And not like one with a high ponytail and knee-high boots. <laughs> don't, don't say that. <laughs> don't bring her up. Another comparison that gets made. Too. Oh, yeah. And I do hear it. I do hear there, Ariana. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. I hear Lana more now because of the production, but yeah, uh, and the look. They're both spicy whites, like yes. Jewish and Italian. So. Instagram phase. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's our, I mean, could we talk even more? For some reason, I'm not tired at all. Like, I could keep going. Yeah, but for some reason. It's because we had, like, literally mainline so much coffee. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Listener, I hope you're still here. <laughs> yeah. It's been about a decade, from what I can tell, since we started recording. <laughs> when we started, there was no such thing as COVID. Yeah, yeah. We started in March 2020. <laughs> it's now March 2021. Oh my God, it's been a year, yeah. And the pandemic is over. <laughs> we did it. Josh, yeah, happy anniversary of pandemic. This was the week when shit went down, like, definitely. Yeah. When yeah. this comes out, it'll be the day. It's crazy, yeah. I feel like people have been calling it a year anniversary of COVID all for the past week. And I'm like, no, yeah. actually, it was the 14th. No, I was really freaking out by the 11th. I was going through my pictures and by the 11th, I already had like, like I was screenshotting, screenshotting stories of like, what supplements to take for COVID. Oh my God. Uh, Harley like Quinn a, or whatever it was called. Uh, yeah, I literally, wait, I literally had that. I literally had a screenshot that said Harley Quinn moved to video on the man release because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking God. about that drug that Trump said was helpful. Hydroxychloroquine. But yeah, Harley Quinn was very February 2020. Oh my God. I still had a job back then working in the film industry, vaguely. Vaguely, yeah. That was so funny. I was so into movies back then and theaters. Wow. I miss theaters. Okay, listener, a few recommendations before we leave you. Yeah. These are some songs that we listened to this week that we didn't have much to say about other than they're amazing. Uh, Or not amazing, but pretty good. Give it a try. (laughs) Okay, riveting the first, segment. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is Haunted by Laura Les, Les. Of 100 Gex. And the next one is Hey Boy. I added this one. Someone said. The next one is Hey Boy by Brigine, who is um, somehow related to Toro y Moi. And the sound is very that. Very like chill, vaguely electronic. Mm-hmm. What else did we love, Joshi? I have one for you. It's a producer named Vegan, spelt V-E-G-Y-N. He has a single out called Before the Computer Crash, before spelled mm-hmm. B and then the number four. He is British, obviously, 
and he looks exactly like Sega Bodega. Um, so needless to say, next boyfriend of the pod. It is getting weird how we have one type and uh, they keep hatching new ones. We dropped Sega when we found out he was straight. Yeah, he kind of, yeah, something happened there. Yeah. I'm over, I'm over Sega actually. Vegan is mexy and this song's good too. It's, I mean, it's a track. We'll call it a track because it is. But I'm really looking forward to his album or like whatever's coming because he's just good. I was reading he got famous when he passed a USB drive to James Blake at a show. And James Blake then went on to play a couple of his songs on BBC Radio 1. That's how Vegan got a start. Is that how Jamila Jamil also started dating James Blake? (laughs) (laughs) Jamila passed a USB, a DJ career. (laughs) I mean, the fact that Jamila Jamil is not a DJ yet. I mean, give it a few months. I can wait for that. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Europe, Mm -hmm. Erica DeCassier released a song called Drama. Must be DeCassier, right? DeCassier, yeah. Erica DeCassier. Drama, yeah. Good song. Really good song. She's also Nordic, Scandinavian. I don't know which country, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's where Mm -hmm. she works. And lastly, Puppy by Das. Everyone's been tweeting and tweetering and tumbling about the song. Timeline be like, go Das. <laughs> Gay voice in my timeline. But yeah, really cool song. Another yeah, track. Listen to it. Club Holocaust singles. Okay, well, that's it. Um, keep on dancing. <laughs> <laughs> <I> keep it. <laughs> Let us know how this episode sounds. As mentioned yeah. earlier, we're going to edit it to be richer um because we do have deep voices so i think it's time for me to stop running from that fact <laughs> we have like you and i have the deepest voices of anyone i know so i don't know why i uh yeah we do actually know that i think about i don't it. know why i've been running from that okay also yeah i mentioned earlier we were listening to some old episodes just to like see how far we've come and listener juan has a different voice now it literally has changed it's changed it's not even like pitch it's so weird it's really hard to explain. I think it's the mic. You think so? It really correlates. Like when I change the mic, you can see it start changing. But you sound like a, it's like a different person though. In the in the episode, um, in the six, just chilling a little or whatever, vibing a little. You sound different. You sound like a different person. But I mean, what else could it be? I, what else could it be? I didn't change my vocal cords, but I did change my mic. I'm like, maybe you moved in with Hugo and... Yeah, maybe psychologically... Can do it. Yeah, that could do it. But but when I changed my voice, it was before. Like when you start seeing the changes before I had even moved. Oh, that's true. So that doesn't work at all. Bizarre. I don't know. Super bizarre. Voices are so dependent on what you're around. Um, Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's what I'm eating. Yeah. Your uh, soy boy diet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know either. It's funny though. Your voice is funny, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're just we're just passing time at this point, listener. What's up? What do you, what's up with your life, listener? Please let us know. Let us know, listener. Join us on Discord as always. You mm-hmm. can catch up with our latch hook progress on Discord. Oh yeah, and on Twitter, of course. Go back and listen to our Grammys episode as well from mm-hmm. January on the main feed, and I believe November on the Patreon. Yeah, I think so. We have our predictions on there, and yeah, we'll talk to you really soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.